0: Imagine this, you are in a job interview and then the hiring manager asks you a com- question that you are just completely stumped and unprepared for, what do you do? Tonight our guest, CNN news anchor alum, Ryland Media founder Lynn Smith is going to teach us how you can find your unique fire A couple of more things about Lynn. She has interviewed people from Dolly Parton to Motley Crue. Lynn definitely knows what makes a great interview. So tonight she's also going to teach us a few tricks of the trade that involve how to positively show up in a digital interview. So she's going live with us tonight on Vertforce to discuss the unique of fire. We're gonna create a bucket of sound bites for you that you can take to your next Zoom interview. Lynn Smith is our guest. Virtual employment is here to stay. I'm military spouse, Vertforce founder, and your remote work expert, Kimber Hill. Subscribe now to learn how you too can thrive in the virtual workforce. So tonight's conversation topics are going to include your 10% edge, career pivots, handling competition, navigating rejection, and authenticity. Lynn, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I'm so glad you're here to be with us i'm so
1: thrilled to be with you i think you have an incredible platform and an incredible group of people and thank you for your service and all of the spouses out there because it's the underappreciated service that that you all do being the support of your loved ones that serve our country
0: thanks for acknowledging that lynn we appreciate it so a couple of things i wanted to chat with you about before we get into the questions that I have for you, you've done NBC News, MSNBC and CNN. And now also Weekend Express. I can't forget that one. That was the one I used to watch. Um, but now you're an entrepreneur. So can you tell me a little bit about this journey that you made and what led you there?
1: Yeah, I mean, um Fifteen years of being a news anchor has brought me such joy. Connecting with the viewer and storytelling was really my why. And after all of that time, um, my why started to shift. And we'll talk about that a lot deeper. And many of you that are listening and watching, maybe going through a similar um, post-pandemic reanalysis of your life and your priorities, a- and mine really shifted to my family. And news anchors can't really spend time with their families the way a traditional family can, and that's very similar to the military. You know, we are working around the clock where you're not home in the mornings or you're gone for a long period of time, like a week for travel and things like that. And I knew that I wanted to reevaluate whether or not that's what I wanted for my young children. And so I spent a lot of time figuring out what that next step would be and I pivoted. And and we'll go through for a lot of people that are considering that type of pivot, what goes into it and all of those steps. But I can say the the fulfillment of being able to work with people and help them make an impact gives me the same joy, if not more than the impact that I felt in storytelling.
0: Yeah. So I can relate there in needing to reshift your priorities. We go through these different stages in life and certainly what we experience in the military community presents stages that we didn't know were coming, things that Mm -hmm. we didn't know we needed to be prepared for. And a lot of that for the military spouse, our career tends to really take the brunt, take the blow. That's the first thing we sacrifice when things are not stable at home. Because it's really our job to keep that platform. and that environment stable and fruitful Um, so yeah the career pivot is is a big one and learning to work remotely and chasing down these remote careers are are vital and you know a thing or two about that but before we get into that i want to chat about the things that you're up to now so recently you created all good things and you're about to start podcasting for munchkins can you tell us a little bit about those two platforms
1: Yes, I had so much fun my first season of All Good Things, which you were a guest on, um, that made me so happy to be able to share with my community what it is that Workforce does and how you support military spouses. All Good Things is a podcast that focuses on educating, inspiring, and moving people in a positive direction. Another part of the reason I made a pivot out of the news business is as many of you have seen, the media and the news has become something. something very different than when I started 20 years ago um, having anchored for 15 years and and that change uh, was really farther away from the positive impact that i wanted to be making so the podcast served in that regard and now with munchkin which is the most loved baby brand in the world not just the country they have a podcast called stroller coaster and it's really a service to parents they they created it as a service so that parents felt like they had a community to go to we're all on that wild ride of parenting. And so we have guests and experts to come in and talk about what it is that we can do today to help make this difficult challenge, but amazing, beautiful challenge of parenthood a little bit easier.
0: I love that. I can't wait to listen to the stroller coaster. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We'll definitely help get that out for you too. I know there are a ton of primary parents with Force who could probably use the information coming from Stroller Coaster. Um, Also, Lynn, we've got TV News Academy that you've been working on, that was your baby when you you pivoted out of the news industry into entrepreneurship. I would love for you to give us an overview of what TV News Academy is before we dive into all of the fantastic coaching you're gonna give us tonight.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this is something that The fundamentals of TV News Academy apply to everyone, even someone that doesn't wanna be on television as a guest. So I focus on experts, entrepreneurs, and CEOs who have a compelling story to tell, and they need to get their messaging out in the media through appearances, and that helps increase their visibility and their credibility. So Kimber, you know well, having gone through the Academy, what it is that we teach people, but the, the fundamentals of it apply to every single one of you who are thinking about either making a career pivot trying to get that next job or showing up on camera as your best self. Because as we know, this platform is not only here to stay, but it's the expectations have gone up, right? In the beginning of the pandemic, when you're looking off to the side or you're looking down at your computer, there was a bit of forgiveness. And now people are like, all right, we're two years in. We need to know that you know how to show up on camera. So I created this, it's a four week program where you learn how to craft, pitch, book TV news appearances, but then also be really good on camera. Everything from your at-home set to a pitch template to the TV news-ready makeup, which takes 10 minutes, it <laughs> yeah. can really help you show up as your best
0: self. Thank you, Lynn. And we're going to talk about some of the things that Lynn taught me in the past, what was it, two months ago that I did this course with you, Lynn. And it's actually very much helped me and helped um, the progress that we're making with vertforce i used a lot of the tips that i learned from lynn to pitch vertforce for an award through the facebook network and we won so thank you lynn Yay, um, was- it's a huge or-
1: deal a change maker award for facebook is a huge deal kimber so we celebrate you um,
0: thank Congrats. you so let's dive in here tonight I've, i had to get those things into our conversation before we get into all of the juicy Uh, questions that we've got for you. So we all recognize you from being behind the desk as an anchor at CNN and Weekend Express. So can you tell us some of the things that you learned in that career that you think apply to our military spouses and veterans during their career search? I think the number one
1: thing when it comes to somebody else that I am interviewing is what you brought up at the beginning of this. What do you do when you're asked a question and you don't know the answer? This happens to anyone, even the best of the best experts that I've interviewed. It happens. So what do you do? Pivot. Pivot is something we're going to bring up a number of times here. If you spend too much time trying to gather your thoughts, if you're yourself into convincing yourself you'll eventually get to an answer you are wasting valuable time of trust from the person that you're talking to I say oftentimes it takes someone five seconds to decide if they like you it takes someone's about 30 seconds to decide if they trust you so you oh. want to make sure you are talking in sound bites and we'll talk in a minute about how to craft a sound bite but when you don't know the answer to something you can say something as simple as I think that takes so much time to really dig into, and I want to get to that. But let me just point out this really important thing. And you pull from that bag and that bucket of sound bites that you have that you feel really confident about. Say they ask you a question that applies to the company. Actually, this happened to me when I was interviewing. They asked me, Name something that you or th- the latest book that you had read. And I Have a five and a half and a three-year-old. I haven't read a book in (laughs) five and a half years. And I pivoted. I said, you know, books are such a huge part of my life, but the one thing I actually listened to the other day that really made an impact was, and I talked about a podcast episode that I had listened to. It was a quick pivot to get them off of that because I was telling them there was something even more important that they they might have not even thought of asking me. So you almost think that there is a win situation in it for them. The art of the pivot comes from confidence. When you feel like you are confident in that interview, it doesn't matter what they're going to ask you. And Mm -hmm. Kimber, you know this well. We talk about three pillars of confidence. It is remember your preparation. Prepare, prepare, prepare. Don't memorize, but they can ask you anything and you can come up with something. And purpose. What is your purpose in that particular interview? What are you looking to fulfill? And promise, which is to not... Focus on the small things. Did I say that right? Oh no, I stumbled here. They must be thinking this. All of those thoughts that are in your head are coming across in your face and in your delivery. It is let the small things go, change the big things. Is there something that you do in your interviews that you go back and you say, you know what? I've been doing that a lot. I'm noticing I'm going to change that. When you don't nitpick yourself and you're not focused on every little small thing, your confidence will continue to rise. Confidence is a huge part of success and delivery on camera as anyone who has had to be on camera has seen. And those are really those kinds of principles and those kinds of the foundation really of my training now came from 15 years of not always having it figured out. I've stumbled. Many times I've fallen on my face and it's how I've picked myself up and what I've taken away from it that's helped me now train others to avoid it.
0: I think that there is a confidence epidemic. I agree. There is a lack of self-awareness. There is a lack of, or there's this abundance of self-doubt that women experience. I'm coaching with our military spouses all the time, teaching you guys how to negotiate, how to ask for that higher salary, how to go back to the table with the yes and to the job offer. Um, What do you have to say about that? I know that in the news industry you have experienced rejection you have experienced competition so i know you've encountered those really tangible challenges challenges and almost kind of i'm gonna say this to you people call it a soft skill but resiliency empathy communication i firmly believe those are hard skills. So all of those challenges to those skills that help develop you and shape you. What do you have to say about handling rejection and handling competition and finding the confidence?
1: I couldn't agree with you more. It is a hard skill and a necessary skill. I would say if you mm-hmm. haven't gone through that adversity yet, you're not ready yet for your big success. That those those moments of perceived failures should start to get you excited because it means you're that much closer to your big uh, successes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, as a business owner, it was impossible for you to get to where you are without some of your biggest mistakes and your biggest stumbles. Um, once you've mm-hmm. I- experienced them and once you've pushed through, and my mantra is just keep going. Um, it, it applies in an interview where you feel like it's a disaster. You mm-hmm. just keep going. And I and I mm-hmm. want anyone who's watching right now to take a moment and think about what, and I love how you say there is a confidence epidemic Think about what is it that you feel like is holding you back from asking what it is that you want and deserve. Not just what you want, but from what you deserve. And I want you to put it into the comments so that I could specifically talk to you, to encourage you to go for that. And here's why. Throughout my career, every single promotion I got, and I started as an assistant, being a secretary basically for four years. I went from being an assistant to an associate producer at the Today Show. I went from being a producer in six months at the Today Show after being an associate producer to being on camera, then going from a reporter to an anchor to an anchor at the next place to the weekend anchor to a morning anchor, all of which no one ever said to me, hey, we want to give you this shot. We want you to be the next morning anchor. Every single promotion I knew I deserved it, but I had to make, put myself out there, knock on the door of that boss and say, here's why I deserve it. Here's what I plan on doing with it. That confidence went so far. I'll also say, I did not always get that yes. Some of the times it took two, three, four times of me saying, look, here's more of why I should be a producer, not an associate producer. Here's more of why I should get that weekend express slot, which is a huge morning slot where we had a great audience. That kind of determination and grit also separates the good from the great. Because of that confidence epidemic, not a lot of people are doing that. So it's gonna separate you. But the important essential key to that is believing that you deserve that. You'll know through your hard work. And I would encourage you to write down those accomplishments so you don't forget them. When you've had a big win, Keep track of those big wins so that you can go back, be armed with information and say, here's everything I just did in the last six months or the last year. Here's why this warrants promotion, raise, whatever it is that you're asking for. Rejection is always going to be there. Disappointment's always going to be there and competition's always going to be there. I mean, I was in the news business where elbows are sharp. Woo! I mean, everybody <laughs> is gunning for a, a one job. I mean, and the one right. job they've also been through 15 markets just to get there. What I will say is the really the confident people and the people that you want to surround yourself with are the ones who are going to cheer you on when they see you get that promotion and it exists. Mm-hmm those are the ones you want to surround yourself with. The women who lift other women up, the, the men who cheer for that woman to get into that leadership role that's never happened before. And when you surround yourself with that group, the rest of those people, they exist. they will It's just you're, you're sort of cutting them off from having any type of influence on you. It's no different than in high school when you ignored the haters, unfortunately that, that never changes. I had somebody say the other day, uh, being an adult doesn't, it doesn't change that. We're all still in high school and middle school. You still find those people (laughs) who are going to do all of those petty things. It's how you react to it. That's so important.
0: Yeah. I think, I think in every position, Everywhere you go, you will find someone who is still in that middle school and high school mindset. But I believe also that's what we've created and cultivated at VertForce a community that's going to support you on your journey to becoming hired in the remote or location flexible position. And we want to support your career progression. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the things and the core components of Vertforce is not just getting you guys a job or helping you find a job, but helping you maintain career continuity and career progression. You will face competition. You will face rejection. And those things, like Lynn said, are issues that are going to sculpt you into who you're going to be and into your next step they're a part of your journey they're meant to be there and we overcome them through camaraderie and support in our network so like-minded people are definitely here um, here in invert force uh, Lynn you shared with me on this topic. Uh, a few days ago maybe it was a week ago you shared with me some feedback that you received from a former boss Uh, i believe it was about losing weight or don't lose any more weight i would love for you to talk about that Um, in our community i don't think i don't think it's common to have this kind of feedback yours is unique to the news industry but i would love to hear how you rose above The comment How you demonstrate to us, explain to us how you let something like that roll off your back.
1: I would say insert whatever that line is, right? For me, I had a boss in my office critiquing me, and it just, it. It's hard to be harshly critiqued anyway in our business because every single day you're having a new show for people to pick apart. But then at the end of it, as she was walking out, she goes, and by the way, don't lose any more weight. Okay. And it was one of those things where you know women in general are so oftentimes defined by their appearance and weight is such a specific. And you could have said the opposite: don't gain any more weight. The 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 hurt factor of it is the exact same for many people. It may have been, hey, you showed up looking like a drowned rat the other day. Whatever that comment may be, that really hits home to you, and is that kryptonite of something that really gets under your skin. It's understanding other people's issues and what they bring to the table. People, and my mother said this to me all the time, people work out their issues at home at work and you can tell those people who are going through something else whether they're working through a bad relationship they're working through uh, something that happened with their own mother those things play out in the workforce the onus is on you to allow that to have power or to not have power. And then the onus on you is to set that boundary. And it, it's funny because I was listening to Katie Couric just um, released her book and she had a boss that, that made a sexual comment and she decided to be very upfront. And she wrote a memo. This was back in the days of, of a memo. This was back in the seventies. And she wrote a memo to her boss and said, "I that comment made me uncomfortable. And I don't ever want to have that interaction again. And standing up for yourself is also something when it's to that degree that is so essential in the workplace that you feel like you have that confidence to be able to say, no, this is not okay. Or that made me really uncomfortable. Can you please refrain from having that conversation with me again? Um, I happen to be in a business where those kinds of comments come left, right, right, front, center, every which way. That's just the nature of what business I was in, am in, and continue to experience. And that's never deterred me from really looking in the mirror and saying, but you know exactly who you are. You know exactly your intentions and you know whether or not you're happy at this, 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 whatever weight it is that you are. What makes you happy? And finding the internal happiness instead of deciding that other people get to fill that cup for you is a game changer. This is also important when it comes to social media, because I'm sure as all of you have experienced, that can be a a confidence buster as well. You get to decide who and how your cup is filled.
0: Thank you, Lynn. Finding your own validation within yourself is very important. So let's move on to the 10% edge. This is probably yes. my favorite question that I'm gonna ask you tonight. So you okay some backstory here you've been pitched to probably a hundred thousand times right? Uh, <laughs> At least. So let's talk about that in the perspective of how does a candidate stand out? How do we find our unique fire? How do we present that 10% edge that's just going to get us up there high enough to be the resume that's selected for the interview or the candidate that's made the job offer?
1: Yeah. I want to challenge everyone to get out a pen and paper and write this down because this is going to be an exercise that helps you to define that. First, what is a unique fire? This is that 10% edge. This means that 90% of people, whether it's the other people going up for your job or other people that are doing what you do in your profession are not doing today. You own that 10% edge. There are other people swimming in that pool, but it's a very small, pool as opposed to the huge ocean of other candidates. So I want you to take out a piece of paper and I want you to write down the three things that you feel that you are doing or that you can offer an employer that no one else really can. It's an experience that you've had in your life. You know, I have something on my website that's called a superpower quiz. It tells you what your story archetype is, right? You may be a champion, you may be an undiscovered star, you may be an overcomer, and you can go to the website that Kimber's gonna put up so you can take that quiz and you find out exactly what your storyline is you wanna be able to start crafting that storyline yourself. So write down those three things that no one else is doing, those experiences in your life. And then also really be honest with yourself about what that weakness also might be. What is something that could be the thing that's holding you back? When I was asking you to think about why you might not be able to ask for what you deserve, really be honest with yourself about that weakness. Start saying that weakness out loud. That's gonna be part of you, and if you start Saying it, you're giving it a lot less power to influence and hold you back. And then when you're going for that job, we want to be talking in sound bites. What does it look like to talk in sound bites? I don't mean that you want to be inauthentic in talking in sound bites. it's it's I give you a definition of that to to have a mindset of how you're going to carry a conversation. It almost creates walls around you so that you don't, go on and on and on, and you're repeating yourself over and over again. A soundbite should begin with a headline. Tell me why I should care about something, put it in headline form, and that should be the first thing out of your mouth. So if I ask you, what are you so excited about this job? I want you to be able to go in there with the headline of, this is honestly a game changer for my family. I'm able to now accomplish this and this. Being able to be a well-rounded employer employee for you, being able to feel that fulfilled is going to benefit the both of us. So that headline and saying it right out of the gate is so key. Next comes the meat. That's the information. I know in addition to that enthusiasm, I bring but, 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 but to the table. Your meat is really that information that you know needs to get across, but you don't want to be formulaic about it and just say, oh, here's the, da, 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 da. And then you wanna end on the chill factor, something that's going to be memorable, and I say chill factor because I I want you to be thinking about like chills going down the back of your spine, it's so good. You wanna end on on something that really is gonna leave them remembering you. And when you craft a soundbite with those three things in mind, you're gonna be making an impact, giving information, and being memorable every single time you open your mouth. In a job interview that is so important, along with that, a lot of this comes from confidence that we talked about, but in a job interview that's so important, they're looking for that differentiator. They're looking for someone to be unique and they're looking for someone to be themselves. When we especially talk about showing up on camera in a way where you know, you're delivering your messaging. It is so important that you make that impact and you hit people over the head because the attention span is so short.
0: Our headline, our meat, and our chill factor. I can't emphasize this enough. Uh, we interview a lot of candidates at Burt Force. Okay, hundreds a month all right, for different positions when we ask the question why do you want this position it is so refreshing to talk to a candidate who has put thought into that question who has put effort and energy into it you would be so surprised at how often we get the same answer from every single candidate because we've caught them unprepared with a question that is incredibly simple and easy for you to review and prepare for. So I love that Lynn talked about coming into that question with this is a game changer for me. This is the exact position I've been looking for, for nine months. Right. Mm -hmm. Here's Mm -hmm. why I'm going to be a great fit for this position. And here's one thing that you'll get from me that you won't get from any other candidate. Wow, exactly. you've sold me. I'm sold. Okay, when can <laughs> we? <laughs> when can we have your second interview? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, precisely. Like I've got ten more resumes
1: on my desk, but no, put this one to the top because I'm not going to hear that often. And you, you know, you've done a million interviews. If you implement yeah. these strategies, you are not going to have that much competition.
0: So I would love to hear listeners and viewers tonight. If you did Lynn's exercise and you wrote down the three things that your employer or future employer can get from you and no one else, put them in the chat. Let's review them. I want to read them and kind of talk about them with you too.
1: Next, and thing thank that- you to the person who said that the advice about your weakness was an important one to hear. I think that the reason that feels like a relief for a lot of people is because there's this expectation that we cannot have weaknesses. There's an expectation that that is perceived as, okay, that's going to take me off the table as, as the candidate. But when you are able to embrace your areas of growth and not only embrace them, but talk about them, it shows that you are a resilient resilient and aware uh employee that somebody is going to be able to know isn't pretending that they're someone that they're not because there's no one that doesn't have something like that so thank you to the Facebook user who chimed in exactly. on that exactly
0: and Lynn you know your weakness you've shared it a few times with me yes
1: do you want me to share it with the rest of the group
0: if you want to <laughs> yeah.
1: Um I will share no I will share it um because I have a story that goes along with it and I I think it's an important thing um because you see me sitting here and when I talk into the camera this is very natural for me I'm very comfortable talking into a camera that's what I've done my whole career my weakness is public speaking which shocks people because you would think that the skill set applies to standing in a room of 800 people. It doesn't. It's my kryptonite. It is something that changes my delivery. I I can't explain it. My knees shake a little bit. My voice shakes. I can get through it. I've had to do dozens and dozens and dozens over my career, but it is a weakness of mine. When I started to say that weakness out loud it began to have less power and I became better and better at it. But recently I had a speaking engagement and it was a group of 40 C-suite women and I was teaching them, I have a program called Unleashing You, how to shine on paper, on camera and in the room, which was ironic. And I hadn't spoken in front of a group of people in two years. And when I tell you I fell flat on my face, I fell flat on my face. So what did I do? My voice was shaking. I couldn't get my thoughts together. Anyone out there, this has maybe happened to you before, but it's awful when it does, especially when you're a network news anchor and people expect you to be really good. Mm -hmm. And what did I do in that situation? For a third time, I'll bring this up. I pivoted. I pivoted and I stopped myself and I said, you know what? This isn't going that well. I want to take this and I want to put it back in all of you and say, let's open to a question and answer because this this is not the success that I'm looking for. Let's go to a question and answer. And the question and answer started coming, and even throughout it, I said to them, this is a failure for me. This is not the way I wanted this to go. But I also want people to take away from your failures can get you excited because it can lead you to your successes. And people wrote me after that and they said, you were an inspiration that I don't know that you intended to be. I definitely didn't intend to be that because it was embarrassing. Um, But what it taught people was if you just keep going through those really stumbly and hard times, you will get through it. I could have just walked out of there and been like, listen, this is going so bad. I'm just going to sit down now. You guys take over. If you just keep going, you pivot to what you know best, the audience will respond. When you are vulnerable, there will be a connection. I mean, Brene Brown has created an entire stratosphere based on this. That doesn't mean wear your heart on your sleeve, but it, it's that that human side of you can come through. It doesn't mean you're emotional, it can come through and in some cases be your greatest accomplishments. I had probably more people come up to me after that speech than I have had any other speech I've given and people reach out to me by email as well.
0: That's incredible. I'm so happy to hear that you were able to make an authentic connection out of your vulnerability and i think too that's what everyone is looking for right Mm -hmm. Uh, when we're on social media when we're we're networking and creating community we're just looking for people to be real and a friend to just be real with you so let's get a little bit more real lynn you did a pretty massive (laughs) career pivot recently yes you walked away from a 15 year career and i think it's important to talk about this story and tell it because this is what we see in the military spouse community But first, what happens is when we are PCSing, we think immediately, I've got to quit my job and reinvent myself at the next duty station based on what the market needs are at that duty station. So yes, at Vertforce, we teach you how to not have to do that, how to be able to pick a career that you want and stick with it. But we equally see just as many people who are saying, "Ah." I hate being a lawyer or I hate teaching and this is what I've been doing and this is the perfect time for me to pivot and reinvent myself. And Lynn, you just went through this mm-hmm. very successfully, I might add. So can you talk to us about what, when did you know the career pivot was coming and what did that experience look like for you?
1: Yeah. And I know this speaks to so many people right now because the pandemic gave us the time in many cases um, to understand what it is that we had been missing out on and also gave us the perspective of how um, short this time that is not promised that we are given and that we hopefully want to do exactly what it is that we want to do. And and uh, for many of us, it's to make an impact I will say when you look at it from the angle that you are looking at it, it's like a flip of a switch. All of a sudden I say, I'm going to start my own company and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I'm hosting a podcast. It was about a year and a half of extensive work and networking. So what I decided when I wanted to make a career pivot is to really research and, and Educate myself on what different options there were and begin to network. I created three buckets of my business so that I didn't just say, hey, I'm going to do consulting. I'm going to do right. this or that. I created three different buckets of my business so that I, I could see where the marketplace was telling me the need was. That's not always going to be the case for everyone because that's very unique to my skill set. But what you can do is find out what is it that you really love to do, what is it that you're really good at, and what is it that other people think that you're really good at. And when you focus on those three things, and you know the, the biggest part of that is what brings you joy, then you will be able to start looking into what that is going to be. Can you start networking with different people that have done that? And that doesn't happen overnight. And you have to give yourself the permission to make the extra time in your day, which is not always the easiest thing to do since of uh, many of us don't, we're in a time deficit, but it's necessary when you're making that kind of career pivot. This is not something you just throw caution to the wind and you say, hey, it'll work out. I'm just gonna get out of this job that's not working out for me. Um, for me, as I mentioned, my why began to change. And it wasn't that it hadn't been worth it before, but it wasn't worth it anymore. So all of that time I had spent there, all of the different interviews I've gotten to do, all the stories that I've covered, all of that was worth it. I've worked overnight shifts where I worked 10 p.m. to 8 a.m. I worked weekends for eight years going in at two and three o'clock in the morning on Saturdays and Sundays. I've worked night shifts, morning shifts, I mean anything in news there was never and this is so similar to probably a lot of people, nurses especially there there was no normal nine to five job and remote life really allows you to do that and that's what's so unique about Vertforce is you, f- you saw that need where if we can prove that we can get the job done and get it ju- done well, it doesn't matter where we're doing it from. And if you can, on top of that, support the men and women who serve our country, this is a win-win for so many companies. It's why my husband reached out to you to hire someone from Vertforce. It's why I wanted to showcase you on the podcast. And when, when you really make those choices based on what really fulfills you and you know you're good at and you do your research you will find success not without adversity not without stumbles but you will find success
0: thank you so much for that advice on how to handle career pivoting and telling your own story of the career pivot my last Mm -hmm. question for you tonight is you gave me this beautiful perspective on control versus command the last time that we spoke. So as we look at everything that we've discussed this evening, adversity, rejection, career pivoting, the unique fire and the 10% edge, can you talk to me about control versus command, and how it fits into these concepts for a job seeker or a career seeker? Yeah, it was
1: advice that I received from both of one of our favorite people that you know well, Lori Aaron, who yeah. um has spent so much time in high level executive advising and Fortune 500 companies and one of the things that she said was the understanding of the difference between command and control will completely change Mm -hmm. your life and I was like well what's the difference between command and control it seems I, I command is something that you know you're going to actually be able to do something about you are going to be in control of the situation you can change something about the situation say you're driving on a highway and you're able to swerve and avoid that car that's coming in your direction Mm-hmm. Command is when you can handle anything that comes your way, no matter if you have no control over it. You're in command of the situation. You may not be able to change certain things, but you're in command of it. And what, how that applies to adversity is sp- things are going to happen still. The, the the hiccups or the bumps in the road, or even sometimes the crashes are going to happen. It's natural. It's life. But you're in command. You'll be able to get through that. You'll be able to get on the other side of it. And you're going to learn something really significant for your life, for your business, for your career in the meantime. So when you make that mindset shift and you start thinking of it in that way, I don't have to control everything. I don't have to, you know, if the technical difficulties tonight made it so that my computer went down and I I did everything in my command that could have, you know, we did tech checks and all of that, to make sure it was smoothly. That doesn't mean that every single time there isn't gonna be that hiccup where something falls through the cracks. And so I encourage everyone to think about that mindset shift and start practicing it. When you really want things to go that well and you really see it not going that well, remember, you aren't in control. You're in command and you'll start seeing a big difference, not just in how things work out for you, but in your own happiness, because your expectations would be more realistic.
0: Command is a mindset. And I think that's a great analogy for all of us, military spouses and vets and transitioning service members, because we understand the structure of command our spouses or we personally have served and we know what it is for our commanders to be in play and, um, they can't control everything, but they're there to navigate every situation that arises along with their team. So I love that, that analogy, Lynn. All right. So we will go ahead and wrap things up this evening. If you have questions, please drop them in the comments. We'd love to get them, um, In front of lynn i know we have a little bit of a smaller audience this evening because we are live streaming very close to the holiday so i hope that you all have a fantastic thanksgiving as well and if we do have questions we will get those in front of lynn we had someone comment kimber hill what an amazing opportunity keep rocking it girl yes keep rocking
1: it kimber (laughs) i think that um you're a great example and especially for a lot of people out there that are juggling family and Mm -hmm. work life um Mm -hmm. you're new to that world and and i applaud you and applaud a lot of those out there that are dealing with parenting and working at the same time it's an entirely new level of resiliency that needs to be implemented when that's the case
0: it is and as a new mother my my daughter just turned nine months old it's it's a new challenge to learn to balance the career with motherhood but i'll say this it's made me better becoming a mother has made me better at everything um so it's not something um that's deterred in any way deterred what we bring to the table right yeah i
1: agree i i um before i get to this question that just came up for anyone who is dealing with and i don't want to just say working moms because i know there are probably a lot of working dads out there too Um, the thing that has really helped me in the last nearly six years as a working mom is to establish my needs wants and can'ts so my needs are things that i have to be able to fulfill my family my job the basics like everyone needs to be fed and breathing at the end of the day and I need to file my reports and get everything finished for my work all of that is a need my wants are the things that I would love to be able to accomplish I want to go to dinner with my girlfriends I want to be able to volunteer at PTO I want there's lots of things I want to do it may happen and that'd be great if it doesn't I take the guilt out of I'm not able to do it. And then the can'ts are my hard no's. I can't take on another responsibility. I can't get a dog because I can't feed anything else. I mean, figure out what those, I want a dog so badly, figure out what those things are that allow you, we will in just another two years, but that allow you to say no and give yourself that permission to say no when you can. That is a really, really important way to set limitations because that's what we have to do when you're a working parent.
0: Thank you, Lynn. And our our question is, as you made your career pivot, how were you able to find those things that you love and you're good at? Uh, Did you crowdsource that? Did you just ask your most trusted person?
1: Yes, I love that you brought up the MTP. So your MTP is your most trusted person that you should rely on and lean on for everything from visualizing them when you're talking into the camera to make it feel more natural that you're talking to someone and not just into a black lens, to having real-time feedback from the person who knows you the best and you know has their best interests. So the MTP in your life might be your spouse, it might be your parent, it might be your older child who, whatever it is, that MTP is someone that you need to lean on. When I was making my pivot, It was easy for me to identify what I loved. What I loved was connecting with people. I used to connect with people through storytelling. That changed dramatically when the stories that I was connecting with weren't exactly the ones making the impact that I wanted to make. So when I was deciding what my pivot was, I created those buckets to know that I can make that impact through the connection of people. So that podcast was born from that. My consulting... I. Only work with people who have a compelling and impactful story to share. This is not about just getting, you know, someone who's gonna pay a certain amount just to teach them one thing. This is about helping people to identify that story that's so important and help them to get it out there. And so I knew that that was a skill set of mine and how much I loved it. And then I crafted around that what it is that it would look like in a business and i did outsource the what am i good at and that was with my community of mentors and then my mtp and testing you know if i would have started this business and started doing what i was doing and i got the feedback you know this isn't really resonating for me like i'm not really getting out of this what i thought i was gonna get out of it i again would pivot I would find something else. It doesn't mean that I failed in that part of my business, but I would figure out another way to continue with what I'm good at and what I love. And I hope that, um, if you're asking that question that maybe you're at a point where you're thinking the same thing. And so take some time tonight and tomorrow to lean into that MTP, ask them to sort of crowdsource what they think that you're really good at, but get really, really genuine and serious about what it is that you love.
0: Thank you so much, Lynn. I don't see any additional questions, so I'd love to take a moment to share where you can connect with Lynn. You can find her website, lynnsmithtv.com. Her email is lynn at lynnsmithtv.com. She's on Lynn. She's on LinkedIn. Lynn's on LinkedIn. (laughs) Lynn Smith. (laughs) Too many. Too many. Lynn slash TV. Twitter and Insta, of course, at Lynn Smith TV. And uh, I want to bring on screen one more time our superpower quiz. So here's the link to her superpower quiz. One more time, tvnewsacademy.com. If you would like to sign up with tvnewsacademy.com, use Vertforce. Uh, connect with Lynn via email, let her know you're from Vertforce and you can take advantage of this 50% off and 30 minute strategy consult. Don't forget her podcast, All Good Things. And she's also going to be producing the Munchkins or hosting the Munchkins podcast soon, starting in January. And that's it.
1: Kimber, thank you. You are doing such great work and you are such an asset to all of those who are sitting here with us in sweats and wine. (laughs) <laughs> um, and, and that's a real gift and you're really good at it too. So being able to do what you love and what you're good at, um, I applaud you and that's why you got that award of being a change maker. You really are and I think it's it's such important work. So thank you for that.
0: Thank you so much, Lynn. I'm so glad that we've met and become such good friends. I appreciate you coming to speak to the talent community tonight. This will be going out via email and we'll be keeping it on our podcast. We're going to keep this evergreen because we know everything that Lynn gave us this evening is incredibly valuable to our own personal development and career journeys. Lynn, you're a superstar. Thank you so much. Uh, Good night, Vert Force. Happy Tuesday Night Live. We'll catch you in the next one. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving.